Welcome to Life at God's Pace podcast. This is episode number 23, and in this episode, I've written a letter to uh, Temple Baptist Church. This is the church I pastor, and the letter is based from or drawn from 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Let me read those verses to you, then I'll give the title, and then I'll read the letter to you that was written to my church. And I, I pray that the letter that I've written will edify and encourage you also. And so um, God's Word says, beginning in verse 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. So, dear flock, these verses will give you great joy if you learn to obey them. I want to stop right there, interrupt the letter. In one sense, that's the story of God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. There is great joy when we walk by the light of God's Word. And and really, in one sense, that's the essence of living life at God's pace in this fallen world. We are are bathing ourselves in God's Word. It is a light unto our path. But when I was reading through and praying through Timothy, those verses really stood out to me. And, and and they stood out to me because I was reminded of how I've struggled with contentment. And so now back to the letter. These verses, starting over, these verses will give you great joy if you learn to obey them. It will not be easy to keep them, obey them, because you live in a world that doesn't want you to be content. The world's economy is built on your wants not your needs. I'll say it again. The world's economy is built on your wants, not your needs. By the way, God's kingdom is not built on your needs either, but is built for the glory of God. But that's a letter for another day. The purpose of this letter is to remind us and to encourage you as a church to be happy in Jesus. And what I mean by being happy in Jesus, I am speaking of contentment. Be be content in Jesus. And that's really not easy, is it? That that's an easy thing to say that we're to be happy in Jesus, we're to be content in Jesus. We uh, uh but it is a lot harder to put that in practice, isn't it? To be happy in Jesus because As I just mentioned a few sentences ago, the world's economy is built on your wants, not your needs. The world wants you to want what they want you to want. Let me say it again. The world wants you to want what they want you to want. And what they want you to want is not what God often wants you to want or we could say ever that God wants you to want. So the world's not built on basic needs. The world's not built uh, the economy. The world was created for God's glory, but but this world system we are living in, it is it thrives not on just food and clothing, as it says in verse eight. 
but it's more than that. It, it goes beyond that. that. That really goes all the way back to the garden, doesn't it, dear church? What was the appeal of, of the world and the flesh at that time? What was Satan tempting Adam and Eve? They, not to meet their needs, but to give them a want. And so we know it's not going to be easy. And this entire epistle that Paul, this entire letter that Paul was writing, Paul is reminding Timothy of, of things to teach and things to, to um, adapt into his own life to teach in the church, to adopt into his own life. And in verse uh, 5, at the very end, Paul uh, gives a shocking revelation. He says, who imagine, he's talking about godless man, wicked man. He says, who imagine that godliness is a way to material gain? In other words, there were in Paul's day people who thought that the atmosphere of godliness, this pursuit of godliness, really would bring them greater earthly treasures. Now think about that. that. That's no different today, is it, dear church? What does the prosperity gospel tell you? That you don't have to be sick, that you don't have to be poor. They are offering you the lie that was found in the Garden of Eden. And so Paul is coming to Timothy, his son in the faith, and he's reminding them, reminding him, yes, there are people who try to make money in religion, and, and today it's no different. There, there is money to be made in Jesus' name by some, yet that is not the believer's pursuit. That's not the church's pursuit. The church is not in it to become a Fortune 500 company. The pastor is not a CEO. He is a shepherd. He is focused on the eternal things. And Paul wants Timothy to know there in verse 6 that godliness is actually a means of great gain. I would even say it this way, of greater gain. In fact, we could even say it is a means of eternal gain. I believe, and I think the Bible teaches this, that the eternal is always greater than the temporary things of this age. So what we're talking about in verses 6, 7, and 8 is this, this godliness with contentment, this, this pursuit of growing in holiness, of being uh, more like Jesus, of being happy happy in Jesus, as I like to call it, does produce great gain. But there's no five-step formula to contentment. It is a fight. It is a pursuit. It is something that we must strive for with God's help every day, if not every second. And the blessed reality we find as, as we conform our life to the Word of God is, is that we begin to experience a freedom from the physical things, from our wants. And when we find a freedom that comes from, let's say, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, we have a freedom that is rarely experienced by the population at large. 
That is the reality of what verses 6, 7, and 8 are teaching us in this epistle. This is not to say that we don't enjoy the physical things. This is not to say that we must uh, take a vow of poverty. It's just simply to say that, that our chief pursuit, that our chief passion, church, is, is godliness with contentment. That we have set our mind on things above, not on the things of this world. And so my main concern in this letter is that you learn to be content. And, and contentment must be learned. I remind you of what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you've revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. <laughs> Verse fourteen, uh, verse 13 is not something you put on your sneakers, your headband. It is a principle for learning to be happy in Jesus, to be content with the providences that come in your life from the hand of God. So be happy in Jesus. To remember that this world is not all there is. You brought nothing into it, verse 7 says, and you're not taking anything out of it when you go see Jesus. And then Paul just reminds Timothy and reminds us, if you've got food, if you've got clothing, be content with them. Be happy that you can eat. Be happy that you have clothes. Anything beyond that is really means that you're a wealthy person. Dear church, may your passion uh, may your passion be to abound in godliness. That's what I'm praying for you. And the key to life at God's pace is your pursuit. Jesus commanded us in Matthew chapter 6 verse uh, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you.